Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There's a cat over here. There's a cat over there. And the wrong one died. And the wrong one died. Welcome to The Wrong Cat Died, the podcast breakdown of the cast catastrophe. I'm your host, Mike Abrams, and today we have another amazing guest. He was Alonzo on the U.S. National Tour 4 for multiple years, and then he brought his Alonzo to Broadway and the original production. So welcome, General Arthur Hambrick, and thank you for joining me. Thank you for the invitation. I'm excited to have you here because I love the tour to Broadway kind of like path. You know, you get to go really go around the country and do it for multiple years, and then you get to go on to the Winter Garden, you know, on the biggest stage. But let's, before we get there, before we get to the tour and all the fun and all the craziness, I always love to hear, especially for someone, I mean, you were doing this before the 1998 movie which is what most people now always reference. So what was your introduction to Cats as a, a musical? Well, mine's a funny story because I had not seen it. I hadn't heard about it because I wanted to be a concert performer. Okay. So I was a concert dancer, but I danced in forward ballet. Then I started dancing in a modern company in Dallas, Texas. I'm from forward Texas, by mm -hmm. the way. And I started dancing with a modern company in my Stage manager came up to me one day and said, Cats is coming through town. I said, what? And yeah. so, because they used to do auditions in each city, that not each city, but some cities they would go to. That was a big city that had dance. So mm -hmm. they did an audition in Dallas when they were in Dallas. And uh, my stage manager said, you should go. And so I missed work that day and went to the Cats audition um, at the State Fair Music Hall. Wow. in dallas texas and it was i guess it was about 50 50 guys it was all male audition and um so i went to that audition and out of 50 people they kept two of us two two just two out of 50 and that at that time i don't know if you've heard of stanley lebowski mm -hmm. he was the musical director at the mm -hmm. time and not long after the audition, he passed away. And so I just thought I wasn't going to get the show because he really liked me. The yeah. reason I know that because it was an article in the new local newspaper talking about the tall black guy that auditioned for the show. And, uh, and so uh, months later, I got a call from um, 
what the Gatlin fell. Yeah, I think that's what the name of it was. Uh, the production yeah. producers. Okay. okay. But anyway, they called and said, hey, can you come and audition for our new musical director? And so they flew me out to California. I think it was California to audition. And um, it was several of us there. And after that, I got the show. And that's how I got the uh, National Four wow. uh, company. So you, you basically went with no knowledge of what you were signing up for. It's just, no. hey, here's this this audition <laughs> about yeah. cats. And yeah. you, you've never seen it, barely never ever heard of it. it. And you go in with 50 other guys. Yeah, because I'm in musical, you know, yeah. in the summer times I do musical theater. I've heard of the show, but I okay. you know nothing about it. And my friend said, you should audition for uh, Mistopheles. And then I said, after I found out more about this show, I said, he's a little guy yeah. usually. <laughs> so no, I won't be auditioning. So they saw me as like, at, at the beginning, they saw me like as a Monka Strap, Alonzo, uh, that, that group of people. Mm -hmm. But uh, when I got the show, when I got the Ford National, it was Alonzo. Yeah. So... And yeah, understudy Ron Tom Tucker. Because you're taller. So like that yeah. is that's a big difference in the show where there is like, you know, you can't have a six foot Mesopheles. Like that's just right. not gonna be allowed. <laughs> exactly. Um so yeah, so that kind of almost limited no matter how great you could do the turns <laughs> and the dance, you're yeah. you're too tall for Mesopheles. Yeah, because I I was very balletic. I was uh, that that was my I went to TCU as a dance major, mm -hmm. ballet strictly and so uh, that's why my friend said that. Yeah. They'd yeah. say, nope, wrong character. Yeah. You could have been the, the tallest Mosophilies ever, probably, <laughs> if, you, if you ever understudied it. Right. That's, so that's, okay, so that now, so they fly you out. So you, nothing happens in Texas, right? Like you audition, you get to the final two, but then since he passes away, there's no, they're, they're stopping in and doing these auditions, but they're not bringing you on tour. They fly you back out. And then do you come in part way or do you start a full new year? What do you mean? For the two or four. Oh, two or four. Because it's been yeah, multiple years, right? Yeah, I was an original two or okay, four. Okay, original two or four. Yeah, that was the third national that was in Dallas. Got it. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't make that. No, clear. no, that makes, okay, yeah, that makes that more sense. That was the third Got national it. that was in, in Dallas. And they were auditioning for the new uh, fourth uh, okay that makes it tough. yeah because yeah, because the three to four so the tour numbers they all they, none of them make sense to me oh anymore. i know Anyways, <laughs> i'm starting to figure it out but i knew yeah. three was like the first time it really went on tour really around the united states and then four started and then five was an equity tour that went for like 15 years and then six now was pre-pandemic and then currently and it's yeah. the, the u.s tours of their their interesting numbers but yeah okay so you now you get it and you're in this first group that's going yes. out on tour and and i might add this too because mo a lot of those people in national four had come from the la company okay because it had it was closing yeah it, or it had closed already i don't remember exactly but that's why i got to work with people who had done it in la and we got to be really good friends yeah, yeah. so that uh, that was going to be my next question for you which mm -hmm. is i love hearing a little bit about that initial rehearsal process and especially about the learning the story 
So you're joining a group that knows the story, or some at least it's kind of like, yeah, some of them have known it and some of them yeah. have like kind of created their own relationships and stuff from doing it. But then there's also the like the the sit down. I kind of always think of it like a campfire circle where you're getting to be told this like horror story. <laughs> and then you have to kind of then build these pieces in, especially for you as Alonzo, you also play the rumpus cast. You have some other oh, stuff. You're understudying Tugger. What was that experience like? And what do you remember from? Well, like I said, there were only a few. It wasn't the whole L.A. Company. Yeah. It was just like a few here and there. The dance captain was actually from the la- la- the L.A. company, Lee Webster. Okay. Uh, and uh, when we first got to rehearsal, I think it was two of us maybe. Because they ask, they say, who has never seen the show before? Because they were going to give us tickets to go see the Broadway company since we were oh, rehearsing okay. at 890 Broadway, you know, uh, the big rehearsal studio at mm-hmm. that time. And um, so I think it was two of us, me and a friend, of, a really good friend of mine now. <laughs> Only two of you uh, had not seen it? Had not seen it. And uh, so they, uh, during the rehearsal process, we would crawl around, you know, and they wanted us to get used to like acting like we were cleaning ourselves or mm-hmm. cleaning each other and that kind of, I mean, strangers, we never met each other. We're like rubbing against each other. So it was, it was challenging at times. And me with my kind of silliness, I started to laugh a little bit because uh, I had never done anything like that before. And I just remember T. Michael Reed said, if you think this is funny, you shouldn't be here. And I, that, that was it. For the rest of the time, I took that show so seriously, sometimes almost too seriously, because um, I really got into the character of Alonzo, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and but that first rehearsal, I I had to get used to that because I'd never done any of that improvisational type work before because I was a ballet major. You yeah, know, you're told what to do every time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's very the, precise. Yeah, because I I didn't study musical theater in college. Yeah, yeah. So it was new. So the two of you go to the show. I'm surprised they didn't just send everybody. What was your... Well, like, they, they gave everybody the opportunity. Okay, but okay. I mean, if you wanted to go see it, you could go see it. But What was I that first went... viewing like? <laughs> Truthfully? Yeah. I said, I looked at my friend and said, is this what I'm doing? Yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was a shot, you know, because I had never seen it before. But um, it's one of those shows that, it's more fun to do, I think, than to watch, mm. especially for your first time, because it is confusing to some people when you first see it for the first time. Mm-hmm. But I will say the dancing blew me away. Yeah. Because I, I always think Jillian's land career, it was like a cross between modern and ballet and jazz, you know? And it was, but it was very balletic, which fit my body. So mm-hmm. I think that's part of the reason I, you know, I got the show because I was from a ballet company. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. So you're, so you're walking out of that theater going, what did I sign myself up for? <laughs> you're having, yeah, was, yeah. It was pretty wild. And did, did you like overwatch the Alonzo? Like, were you like trying to kind of hone in on where, I, yeah. I was exactly doing that. Matter of fact, when um, 
we got into rehearsals, really deep into rehearsals and everything. And uh, it, it, the, the whole thing just began to take over your body pretty mm -hmm. much. And uh, I was wondering, I said, okay, there used to, I don't know if you know this, but the original Broadway company, Alonzo did a shadow dance mm -hmm. behind yeah. Demeter and Bomb Ballerina. Okay. It kind of like in the shadows and he did yeah, this yeah. kind of mimicking them and doing extensions and stuff. I couldn't wait to learn the shadow dance, you know? So I got to rehearsal and it wasn't happening. It wasn't happening. So I finally got up enough nerves and I went up to T. Michael Reed and said, am I going to learn the shadow dance? And he said, we don't do that on the tour. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wanted to do it so bad because it was all about extensions and mm -hmm. developes, and that was it was beautiful to watch that uh, yeah. guy on Broadway do it. Then, did you eventually yeah. get to do it on? Broadway, I did. Though? Yeah, I did eventually. That's that was so it's a full circle. Kind yeah. Of thing. So, yeah. Okay. Now I want to go back to your rehearsal. Now you've seen the show, you watched it. You're wondering with your friend, what do we sign up for? You're you're now serious. You're not laughing anymore. Right. But when they start telling you the story, okay. what did they tell you that you need to know about Alonzo? Like, what was it? You got to play these relationships. This is because he's not the most well-written character. Like, right. There's not, there's not a ton like there is with some of the other characters. Exactly. And that's what I, uh, that's what I don't remember exactly. Yeah, okay. Like, I don't remember if something that I made up, if something that Richard Stafford or, or T. Michael Ray told me at the time, but. I knew that Alonzo wanted to be Monkastrap. Okay. I wanted to follow in Monkastrap's footsteps and eventually take that space. And that's why during the, uh, the fight, the big fight, mm -hmm. where he comes to take Demeter, tries to take Demeter away, uh, uh, McCavity mm -hmm. tries to take Demeter away. I'm right there helping Monkastrap, helping yeah. him fight McCavity to uh, keep him from uh, taking the meter away again. <laughs> yeah. I guess, you know. And uh, so that was my main focus uh, during Alonzo. I said, I wanted to be like this Monkastrap. I wanted to take his place one day. Okay. That was my whole storyline. And mm -hmm. I was very good friends with um which uh i hadn't heard any of your your other guests say but i was very good friends with uh cassandra because mm -hmm. we danced together it was even one part during the uh i think it was during the ball when i would do a lift with her uh that was similar to the lift that plato does with uh, uh victoria. victoria yeah yeah mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, so I was trying to be this macho <laughs> okay. Alonzo because I wanted to eventually, like I said, take over the tribe, hopefully, or be the leader. Yeah. <laughs> so you, okay, so that those make sense. Was there any other relationships that you tried to, like, lean into? So there's obviously the dance with Cassandra. There's wanting to be Monkish Trap. There's probably a little bit with the meter because of that moment of her being kidnapped. Mm -hmm. um, what else was it like? Did you 
just get to kind of play around with certain characters? Was it certain friendships that you had off stage that turned into on stage kind of friendships? <laughs> yeah, you you hit it right on the head because uh, Pounceable was a really good friend outside of the theater. Mm-hmm. So I always treated him like my little brother okay. on stage. We get in trouble sometimes, actually, because I don't know if you know this, but every once in a while, the dance captain or the supervisors would come in and surprise us. So Townsville and I had this little thing that every now and then we would do this big jeté off stage because that was a great thing about cats. They, they wanted you to not, you don't do the show, the same show every night. Mm-hmm. How you get to this space, um, as long as you're there at the time you're supposed to be there, how you get there, didn't really matter. It wasn't like you had to do this. So I like that uh, kind of improvisational part of it. Yeah. But me, <laughs> Pounceable and I, we had this thing where we liked to do a big jeté off the stage in one of our exits. And I remember Richard coming in and saying, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Not very cat-like, so... So we we got in trouble that night. Yeah, they're like, they're like you can do a different thing, but not yes. <laughs> too far. Just a little don't, too far. Don't go too far, right? Yeah. Okay. And and then my my uh, relationship with Cassandra was pretty throughout the show. Cause mm-hmm. I just I don't know. We we uh, felt a close closeness. Yeah. Uh, that I didn't feel with the other cats. And uh, yeah, so that was that was it. So one Pretty thing much. I think that's fascinating of having you did four years of the tour is you have like, a little bit of the, you have change every year. Like the, uh-huh. it's not a, all a full new cast, but not everybody stays for all four years. Uh-huh. So did you notice a difference of the relationship with the next Pounceable or with the de- next Cassandra or with the next Monkish Trap? Like there's that kind of thought of the cat to cat, I should uh-huh. have this. But when you have different people, did you notice that those stories tweaked and evolved depending on who it was each year? It did, and you're gonna get me in trouble. But <laughs> <laughs> but but sometimes like that that it's very important though because the um when you start with somebody, um, it's very different than trying to create that same thing with something new. However, with the Cassandra, that that same uh feeling of you know, kept transferring from one yeah. to the other. And um, I, I, it was about three and a half years, actually. Okay. That stayed the whole four years. But um, yeah, and, and, but some of those relationships, like you said, didn't remain because I didn't feel like some of the people that came in later took it as serious as I did. Mm. And like I said, after that first day of that laughing moment, I really took it seriously because I feel like we were a family. Yeah. And and that family happened off stage and on stage. Mm-hmm. And so um sometimes when people didn't take it, and some people, you know, came in because it was good money. Yeah. And then you <laughs> and then you start treating it like a, you know, a job, like I feel some people do. Yeah. And and so it loses something. But it, it I, is such an interesting part of musical theater is mm-hmm. that there is a, it is a job. 
at the end of the yeah, day, it's a career a job. And a job and, exactly. And you're performing and there's going to be some characters that you relate to and some that you don't and some shows that are like really you're a huge fan of and others you might not be. And at the end of the day, you're probably going to take some of those jobs if they're good money in there. So I, I feel right. like it's one of those things and Cats is so polarizing that there's got to be, I've, I've interviewed a few. And if you listen back to the catalog of people, you can hear the people who are like, they were there for, because it was a really great opportunity and mm-hmm. they had fun with it and they made the most of it, but they don't think about this show ever at all. Oh. And there's others who are fans and this was a dream show and they were so excited to do it or fell in love with it as they were doing it. And I'm like, I kind of get both sides of that because there's, um, you know, with work I do, there are definitely times where I'm like, oh my God, this is the best day ever. And there are times <laughs> I'm like, I just got to get through today, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. depending on what you're doing. Yeah. And I, 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 I think of this show as, you know, like that first group, like I said, we're still friends to mm-hmm. this day. We still have gatherings in New York. We still get together periodically. We just not, I mean, it was a while ago. Mm-hmm. We had a big reunion in California. One of the, uh, understudies for Grizabella, uh, her house and all these people came from all over to come to be together again. Yeah. And, and we still do that, you know, and yeah, cause it was nothing like that first group of cats that we, you yeah, know, nothing like crawling around with strangers, <laughs> you know, like rolling on top of each other <laughs> and trying to, trying to become best friends. You know, it's like, it's such a unique piece. It's like, it's, it is really, and then on tour, you add the travel and all, you know, like it's, you have to almost become a family. Right. And, and sometimes I would get, I, I think you mentioned Green Eyes one time, mm-hmm. uh, but that Green Eyes was really dangerous for me because I went a little crazy sometimes. Scared too many people. That was my worst injury. Yeah. My worst injury oh, no. was doing Green Eyes because I, uh, like I said, I thought I was a cat. I'm yeah. trying to be a cat. And I ran into like one of the seat, uh, seat handle, you know, the, oh, yeah, like the armrests, the armrests yeah. thank you, with my thigh. Oh, and, uh, so my swing had to go on that night. Wow. When I got up to the stage, it started swelling. It was terrible. Well, this but, is a perfect transition because I think one of the most fun things I've been able to pick up from this podcast is hearing funny, memorable stories from tour. Because oh, it okay. is, seems wild. It seems like there's always, you know, a show you do it eight times a week, you're in different cities all the time, you're moving around. Nothing's always going to go perfect. So what do you remember? What are some of the funny stories you remember from your years of doing the show on tour? Uh, <laughs> I guess one of my favorites uh, was when we were, it's this one part where we turn around and look at Deuteronomy, and he's seeing uh, the dressing up. Is it the dressing up? Kid? No, not the dressing. It's the end. Of, the, oh, this is this. That's uh, the. I think that's the dressing of cats. The beginning's the naming of cats, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, we turn around, and he says, "So this is this, and this is that." And then he couldn't remember the whole oh, thing, no. so he had to, you know. Keep composure so the audience wouldn't see them. But I guess the stage manager saw our body shaking a little bit. Wow. But that was, that was one of the funniest things. But what I was talking about earlier, I, um, 
sometimes we get into being a cat a little bit too much. <laughs> so I thought I could jump from one side, uh, stage left. I thought I could jump from stage left and jump onto the tire. Uh, we were in Buffalo, New York. That was early on in the tour, actually. And so I left towards the tire and hit my knee. And didn't, didn't make it. Didn't make it. Yeah. Didn't make it. So that, that was another story. And I, those are the things that I remember more clearly than, than anything else, I think. That is very cat. There's a lot of videos on the internet of cats attempting to jump from one part to the other and not making it. Are you serious? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. So that's, that is very fitting. Very fitting for, oh, for that. Oh, that's funny. So I, w I would love to hear a little bit now going forward to Broadway. Actually, before we get to Broadway, mm -hmm. did you go, when did you do understudy Tugger? Did you get to go on for Tugger? I did. I understudied Tugger uh, on the road, on the okay. tour. And uh, a couple, a few times, yeah, because the guy who played Tugger was so strong that he hardly ever missed. Yeah. But it was one time, I think it was in Baltimore, Maryland, I got to go on for opening night. Wow. So that was the first time I'd been on for an opening night. And uh, uh, the uh, my voice is very high, so I didn't really understand what they meant. But they said I was a cross between uh, Mick Jagger and Elvin Presley or something <laughs> like that. I don't know. It was crazy. But uh, that was the first review as Tugger I'd ever yeah. had. And uh, that was that was a a chance of a lifetime for sure. Cause it was like, that's one of my favorite songs in the show is the Rum Chum Tugger song. Cause yeah, pop it, you know? So I, I guess it's such a, like it's a very different character. Like if you want to be Monkish Trap and you're Alonzo, you got to be very like together and stute and not animated. Like it's, it's a much more structured cat, like in line. And then you go on and Tugger, who's just like, I don't care. Don't like, care. what is that as a performer? Like when you kind of were going in and, doing Alonzo one night and then going on to do Tugger the next. Like, did you do anything different to get your mind ready to go out and be Tugger and be Mick Jagger and Elvis? Or did you, you know, was it just another night of work? Oh, no, it definitely had to go in a different direction because I had to put on my sexy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I, um, I played Alonzo a little bit that way as well. But with Tugger, I had to be more of a flirt with the ladies. And so I took that a little more uh, to a more uh, masculine side, you know, and really concentrated on um, more testosterone, trying to uh, make everybody look at me yeah. <laughs> or see me, especially when you got the chance to go and dance with somebody in the audience. Yeah. Because that was like one of my favorite parts. Yeah. Is Did you ever have any wild experiences with that? Like, cause that's kind of a wild card of you're going out there. You don't know. You're trying to probably guess who's going to be the most like yeah. open to this. <laughs> right. I didn't, but a couple of times our tugger, you know, they wouldn't get up. They yeah. just wouldn't get up. And so it kind of ruins it a little bit. Yeah. You try to go to somebody else, but then it's time to go back up on stage. Yeah, but, I was but, always wondering, did you like, did you look around when you're going there? Like, who's oh, going to yeah. get, who's going to stand? Oh, yeah. That was one of those things during the whole first part. I'm like trying to figure it out because I'm one of those kind of people. I hardly ever look in the audience. Mm -hmm. 
But when I went on the tugger, I had to. Yeah. I had to because I wanted to make sure I had somebody in mind. Or every now and then, uh, the stage manager, was it the stage manager or the dance captain would say, I think we got somebody over here. Why don't you look at this person? Hmm. They would help us out like that as well. Like they look like they're ready to, to go. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. there's definitely a group. Like I'm, I'm the opposite audience member. I'm like, I don't want to be in part of it. Like Green Eyes <laughs> bothered me. I'm like, no, get away from me. Like I just want to watch. Um, and there are a couple shows. Like there's a show now currently on Broadway that does this, and um, where they they pick one person, and I'm always like, man, is it the same seat every night? I remember never to buy that seat, and I'm like, no, it's it's you're looking for someone who you think will have a good time with it. Yeah, and uh, bringing Green Green Eyes back into the conversation i do remember one more funny thing when i was doing it on broadway actually i know you're gonna talk about broadway yeah. later but uh when i was doing it on broadway the guy they were going around i think it was the guy who plays tugger but anyway he went up to a guy you know a lot of times it's tourists who've been walking on day they fall asleep in the audience and he went up into this guy's face and the guy woke up and like, it, you know, the Swung. fist went in. <laughs> because just out of. It's uh, a reflex. Reflex. Yeah. 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 So I was wondering. Was I, I know I did hear a tugger on the revival that got hit. Oh, by, really? By a kid. Um, they like startled somebody and they, they slapped them basically. Oh, you know? no. So, <laughs> yeah. So I, it's, yeah, it's, it was, it scared me. I wasn't on the aisle, thankfully. I wasn't ready for it. I didn't know it was coming. Right. Uh, and yeah, it, it jumped. And even the second time I knew it was coming and I, I was in the last row of the, I think even the Mez or maybe even orchestra. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know that they were going to climb above my head. So, you know, I was right. like, it's, it's like right. none of this is, and I was ready that time. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back for more of The Wrong Cat Died. Okay. Now let's talk Broadway. So okay. I want to hear what was that transition like? Like, how did you, did you finish the tour and get the call? Did you audition again? What was that experience? I moved out to, after tour, I moved out to LA because I wanted to do film and television. Okay. Didn't work out. <laughs> okay. I, ended up, I ended up doing more musical, like I did a uh, chorus line and did something else. But uh, I uh, thought that I was going to be set up out there. And then I get a call. Uh, you want to come do Broadway? Because like, Scott, Scott Taylor, I think his name was. Anyway, um, had a knee injury so they needed somebody quickly to come and take his place while he went to get surgery and um i said oh i don't know i would because i just wasn't sure because i just moved out there like four five months ago or mm -hmm. something like that and so uh maybe it was longer than that maybe six months but i said okay i'm not gonna get this opportunity again yeah so i say yeah i'll do it and uh, so I went to Broadway, and the only thing that was took me by surprise, I had forgotten. Because on the tour, Alonzo does Rumpus Cat. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you knew that, but on tour, Alonzo does uh, uh, the great Rumpus Cat. Yep. Okay. And But on Broadway, he doesn't. But that means I have to learn a new part, <laughs> which is... Kicks in the polycore. Yeah. 
peeks in the pocket. So I nodded, uh, uh, and then I had to learn how to tap as well. I mean, I'm a tapper, but I'm not a great tapper. So I had to put on my tap shoes again and really learn how to tap yeah. for the, the Jenny Any Dots number. Okay, so they basically added because it is different, and you also got to do your shadow dance. Um, yeah, because I know I did notice that you're credited in the tour for Alonzo and Rumpus Cat, right? But not on, but it wasn't the same on Broadway. So I actually no. didn't realize that it's just because you don't do that that number. You're doing a whole different one, so you had to learn. Yeah. A, you know, you knew most of the show, but there's still new stuff you got to pick up, and yeah. you can't just like I go think- in a night. A night yeah. later. Right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. I said Peaks and Pollicles. I, I already knew Peaks and Pollicles. It was Jenny Any Dot. It was the, the tap. The tap number. That's mm. the one I didn't know. Yeah. Okay. I had to learn the tap number. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, See, man. It's all coming back. Yeah. Yeah. And then the shadow. <laughs> how how fun was that? Like, if that's something you remember, you know, you, you, you asked about it and now you get to go do it. What was that like learning that particular part? I just loved it. I just lo- like I said, it's the chance to. I I had when I first I was had really nice extensions and stuff. So it was a time for me to kind of go back into that ballet body and do that. Yeah, did that kind of dance. And, that's amazing. Um, and being behind the girls, you know, they're that's an amazing part anyway the whole yeah. cavity song that number is amazing it's a yeah one of the best numbers in the show yeah but uh so is this broadway debut it was yeah so it first time broadway. broadway debut winter garden yes that is, what is that debut. very first show performance like amazing it's hard to explain because especially with cats because I don't know. So many people like you get, you remind me of my cat. Mm-hmm. You make me think of my cat, your eyes or something, you know, and that's like the best, the best compliment you can ever get. But that first night when I walked out of that stage door and saw all those people waiting at the stage door, I said, oh my goodness, this is not going to happen again. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, it happened on the road on tour. Yeah. But it's so different being at yeah, the garden where totally. it started, you know. And you're in the middle of that. Like, it's it's been going for a handful of years now, but people know. People know what they're going to see. It's not like uh-huh. a surprise anymore. Like, it's still, like, it, it was a big production. Oh, yeah. It definitely was. And, uh, yeah, so I, uh, I would say that that first night was very special to me. Mm-hmm. And something I'll never forget. Yeah. So I want to go a little off topic here because I I believe I saw you did Phantom then on Broadway later. Yeah. Yeah, That's what happened because the producers, uh, the company management, everything were so good to us and Mm -hmm. so loyal to us. And I would say, I'd like to say that, you know, Nina Lennon and uh, Gatlin Newfell, they were so good to us. And so when I was there doing Cats, when I was on the road, I auditioned for, I came into the city, I auditioned for Miss Saigon because mm-hmm. it's saying producers and everything. I didn't get it. But while I was there with cats, they said, why don't you come and audition now? Yeah. So they brought me over there with two people, two guys, and I got the show after wow. cats. I'm, 
you know, I got Miss Saigon. Mm-hmm. And then while I was in Miss Saigon, I talked to Mitchell Lemsky, who was like the director, um, associate director at that time of Miss Saigon. And I went up to him. I said, Mitchell, if the part for John ever opens up anywhere, please consider me. Yeah. And so after I had done uh, Miss Saigon on Broadway, I did Phantom. They had an audition for Phantom because Mm -hmm. it's the same group of people. Yeah. They allowed me to give my notice in Saigon and move in the Phantom tour. And so I went on tour with Phantom uh, for a while. But then while I was out on the road with Phantom, Mitchell called and said, okay, the understudy's opening up on the tour of (laughs) Miss Saigon. Do you want it? And I said, yes. Wow. And so I asked Saigon if, I mean, I asked Phantom if I could leave and go do uh, Miss Saigon. Yeah. I, I think that what I'm curious about is going from Cats to to Phantom, not in necessarily in order, but just having experiences with both, both being, you know, big, real useful group shows. Mm-hmm. Um, what's like, it, it's got to be like polarizingly different rehearsals and like it's such different shows, but still from the same person. Like, what is that like as an experience doing them both? Um, and one you're crawling around and you know in a in a unitard, and another you're doing this big operatic kind of show. Yeah, it's very different. I mean, the 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 of course Jillian Lynn mm-hmm. did Phantom mm-hmm. as well, and so I I don't know if she remembered me or she knew <laughs> my body. I have no idea, but. Uh, when I got Phantom, uh, the part of the slave master and, uh, and Il Muto, which was the more mm-hmm. balletic part, would swap places mm-hmm. in one time. But Jillian Lynn decided that I was going to be slave master all the time. They changed the name since then. Mm-hmm. I, I think the name is something different now. But mm-hmm. anyway, that role, she wanted me to do it all the time. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, I did that. And then later on, as the tour went off, we would start to switch back and forth. Yeah. But learning, it was still very balletic, mm-hmm. you know, double tours and, you know, soda bosque and all that kind of stuff. And uh, so um, that part of it was an easy transition mm-hmm. because it was still that balletic style of movement that I'm so yeah. used to. Yeah. Okay. All right. I want to do some rapid fire for the show. So um, if you could go on to play one cat one night, whether it's male, female, whether you could do it, sing it, dance it, who would you want to go on as for one night? I I guess I'd have to say Monkestrap. Monkestrap. True Alonzo. You're ready to take over. To the end. Yeah. (laughs) We just had the best Monkestrap. He was so... Uh, debonair and so powerful and just you know it was easy to want to be that in the show yeah you know, so i love as i've recorded 140 plus of these that whenever i ask these rapid fire questions almost without fail the character influences the answer it's oh. like no matter what i ask it's like oh yeah because my next one is going to be your favorite and least favorite cat and a lot of times they're oh. like oh i just hated this kid but as as alonzo i hated this character but so I, I want to ask that for you is, but not as Alonzo, you, 
which forget actors and actresses, forget performers, which cat personality wise would be your favorite? Who would be your best friend? And who would be the one you'd be like, oh my God, I can't stand this. Who would be my best friend? Oh man, that's hard. I'd have to say Cassandra. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. True. Sticking true. Okay. Yeah. What about, what yeah. about least favorite? Who, who would drive you crazy? That's hard because none of them drove me crazy. No, oh. there has to be one. It's it's the family, you know, it's a family tribe, you know. You've always got oh. that one cousin or one where you're just like, oh, they're here today, you know, or that one person that, you know, that in the family, you still love them. You know, you've got the, they're still your your relative, but, you know, there, there's one that rubs you a little bit the wrong way. I really can't. I started to, but if I have to, do I have to? Yeah. Well, okay. as as, you gotta, we gotta oh. let off the hook. We gotta pick one. Oh, gosh. That's so hard. I don't know. I don't know. Because I liked all the cats. I didn't. I mean, even the characters. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Okay. All I right. really, I, I, I can't say that would get on my nerves. Yeah. None. Yes. None. That's hard. All right. I'm going to let you off the hook. Okay. Um, oh, okay. Sorry. What's your, what's your <laughs> favorite song from the show? Tugger. 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 Yeah. It's a great one. It's definitely my favorite song. And it's got to be fun being able to, you got to do it. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. Experience that live, you know, not yeah. just as a, as a spectator, but to, to go on and, and do it. Mm-hmm. Do you have anybody that was the most memorable that you d- got to dance with? Like somebody that like really leaned in when you were doing Tugger from the audience members? From the audience yeah. members? Yeah. You know, you got the people to kind of get up and dance with you. Did anybody like really get into it? Oh, yeah, I don't remember. No, okay. okay. <laughs> that was too long ago. Okay. So <laughs> nobody so that sorry. memorable got no, it. No, no. Okay, my, my fun one. Um, I know you're a college professor. Uh, I believe it was Virginia, right? So yeah. who, which cat do you think would be the best college professor? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I'd have to say Jelly Laurel. So I've asked, I've had a lot of professors recently, a lot of teachers recently, and that's uh-huh. been the most consensus answer. Um, I think it's right. She's going to care for her students. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The way she takes care of guys is just, yeah, that, those parts. You know what? You say favorite song. That was another song that really, I mean, sometimes I would find myself in tears, uh, watching that moment when mm-hmm. she sings to Gus. Because it was just so beautiful how she took care of that old cat, you know? Yeah. 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 I, I think that's, um, the other one I've always thought about was Jenny and Skimble would be like, Skimble oh. might be the principal, but. <laughs> I can see uh, Skimble. <laughs> yeah. I think you're right, though. I can see Skimble. Um, okay. Million dollar question. Most important question of this podcast. Oh, uh, no. I, I have argued at length that oh. I don't think that Grizabella should be the right choice, so. I want to know, are you going to defend her? If you're putting on your old Deuteronomy hat, are you defending her? Are you picking somebody else? Give me the rationale. See, uh, <laughs> the way I think about it is, is that, like you said, he's going to make the ultimate decision, but I think he also respects what we feel as well, mm-hmm. you know, as the cat. And I'm sorry, but I have to say you're the Bella. The reason, because when I first got the show, I, I looked at it as kind of, maybe it's the, the Christian thing inside of my head, but, um, uh, I, 
I looked at this as a redemption story. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like she was the one. And, and especially when she tries to do, uh, you remember she tries to do the dance? Yeah. Yep. She's just trying to remember what it was like, but she fell. She mm-hmm. fell from grace, you know, that kind of thing. And so that's the reason I think because she came back. She came back. And I don't think she came back because she knew that somebody was going to go to the heavy side Lyra. Mm-hmm. I think she came back just because she wanted to be a part of the family again. Yeah. You know, and, and, and the fact that she had the courage to come back and be ostracized and that kind of thing. I think she deserved it. I'm sorry to burst her but <laughs> Well, I think a lot. I feel like the whole story is a, it don't, the whole show is about the redemption, you know, so that kind of thing. I agree completely. <laughs> but this is where we slightly veer off differently. Okay. Is because I fundamentally agree that the whole story is built around her redemption, her coming back, her being reaccepted into the tribe. Mm-hmm. and her singing memory around that, you know, like, and that's mm-hmm. the, you know, really the, the, what we're building towards. Right. But I think it depends on what you interpret as the heavy side layer. Okay. And so this podcast is called The Wrong Cat Died because I interpret it as like, we're about to just murder. Like, we're about to murder the cat. <laughs> and so I think the redemption arc is, or even if it's re- being reborn, I think the redemption arc has a better ending if she gets to stay with her family. Like, let's oh, okay. let her stay back with the tribe. Let her go next year. Give her okay. a year to go to some birthday parties, have some fun, <laughs> see her children that she abandoned. Okay, like, I let's, see. So I think that story is still is there. It's still there. And I don't think you can get rid of it. I think it's a key part of the story. Mm-hmm. I just don't think you reward her at the end with that. I think you her reward is that she's welcomed back and she gets to spend time. Okay. I think she gets both though. She gets welcome back, and she gets. Yeah, but then she's immediately (laughs) sent off. Like that's like, hey, come on in. We're gonna invite you to the party, and then we're all gonna go back about our lives. Like we're so excited you came back. Yeah, but I never, I never looked at it like that. But I, I see where you're going with that. So that's that's the reason I would send Gus. I think you do the whole story because he's. Yeah, he's ready to okay. go. You do your whole story exactly as is. She sings memory, and then you accept her back. You kind of have that line, but then it's like, okay, great. We're happy to have you back. Y- you, Gus, you need it. You're not going to make it next year. If we uh-huh. if we don't send you soon, you're not going to make it another full year. You don't think that would be anticlimactic, though? Well, I mean, it depends <laughs> on how you... You might have to add a, a line or two in there, you know? <laughs> there's there's a way. I mean, my true my true vision would be I would love this to be much more um game show style and like let the audience vote and have it be performance based like who oh, delivered today funny. and let's have it a different a different cat each night so you're, so you're thinking the voice type yeah show. <laughs> and it's because my very first grisabella was leona lewis so i was thinking oh, X Factor. Okay. and so i okay. know that that's where this stems from but i'm like that's that's a show that's an interesting okay. show all right yeah they've done it in chorus line i know that in chorus line they've done it where they picked a different person each night and so like it's it's possible in chorus line i believe i i believe there's a production in chorus line that did that where each I've night i've never the, heard of that one yeah yeah <laughs> oh my goodness that's funny uh, i will yeah. i will accept your grisabelle argument as much as i i don't like it uh, oh, <laughs> and but it's fun to hear you know the perspectives and every and every but i i i agree with your say, your choice that i mean for gus to go yeah my goal is to just slowly well really my goal is slowly to, to get everyone to agree with me but now it's more of just like i don't think people like your cast never talked about this like 
promise that your cast never said, huh, should Grisabella be the choice tonight? Like, you probably never thought about that as a question. And now it's a question, and I'm I, proud of that. <laughs> I mean, actually, I thought about it, but who knew that somebody was going to take it to the yeah. next level? <laughs> so, no, man, yeah. I did not. I never would have thought, seeing the show no. in 2016, that we'd be here today. So. No, I think it's amazing, though. It's wow. so great. It's a great this thing been, to talk about. Yeah. I, you know, here, that's what I'm here for, asking the hard questions about cats. Um mm-hmm. Thank you so much for coming on. I know you have uh, an album. How can people find your music? It's on iTunes. I, okay. I did it a while ago, but yeah. it's, it's called Chosen Generation. And if you want to hear some contemporary gospel, it's there. Amazing. Yeah. I'll try to Chosen link it Generation. in the uh, description too. But thank you okay. so much for coming on and sharing your stories and having some fun here. Thank you for the invite. This was super fun. So thank <laughs> you. And thanks everyone for listening to this episode of The Ryan Cat Died, the podcast breakdown of the catastrophe. To follow along, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else to listen to podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and threads at Died, or check our website, thronkatdied.com. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.